Faith and Gender, Finding a Place of Peace. Welcome to Season 2 of Faith and Gender. Last season was a lot about me and the things that I had learned from my own transgender experiences. There were some really great episodes. And for those wanting to know more of my experiences, I'd highly recommend going back and listening to some of those. But now in Season 2, I would like to turn the chapter and start talking about the things that are happening out in the world surrounding transgenderism. But in this season, particularly, I'd like to talk about children, children who are experiencing feelings of being transgender. In today's episode, I'd like to catch you up on the events that have transpired over the last few months. In my last episode, you may recall that I issued a call to action. I challenged each of you to not just listen but to do something. I took that challenge to heart myself. It was time for me to do more than just talk. I also got feedback from some who had felt inspired from that episode to also do things. And they weren't necessarily always big things, but sometimes just a small thing of talking to someone about the podcast. You know, there is a movement happening within our communities that I've not seen before like this. People are standing up in greater numbers against the harm that's being done to transgender children. This is evident by increasingly growing detransition communities. Transgender science has not been able to identify the overwhelming amount of children who, when given the chance, actually grow out of these transgender feelings. In a way, it seems a bit sinister that they would be counseling all children with transgender feelings to go down the path of puberty blockers, hormones, or even surgical procedures when they know that not all children continue with these feelings when they become adults. In fact, the majority of children grow out of these feelings. And yet, by doing this with each child that comes to them, they're actually permanently ruining the lives of thousands of children. It is really hurting the reputation of the medical profession for them to recommend these harmful procedures to children. This sneaky denial of reality, the reality that the majority of children who experience gender dysphoria will grow out of it by adulthood, reminds me of a character found in a long-cherished children's book called Pinocchio. I'm sure each of you know of this story. But in this story, we meet a character called Candlewick. In the podcast today, I'd like to show you how doctors and others act as Candlewick did in the story of Pinocchio by leading our children away from reality And like in the story, turning them into physical representations that they will regret and for some could cause even the worst of endings, suicide. It is so nice to have you along for the ride today. Remember, you can always drop me an email at bob at faithandgender.com 
I love to hear your impressions of the show. Over the past few months, I've set aside the headset and the microphone to do something about the harm that is being caused to transgender children. I began speaking to other individuals who were in different organizations about my story and my desire to help the children. I got the word out that I wanted to help. Well, in January this year, the legislative session for the state of Utah began and there was a bill being proposed to help protect transgender children from these harmful medical procedures. I was called and asked if I would like to speak with lawmakers who could be involved in helping push the bill along. I said yes and took several days off so that I could go up to the state capitol and speak individually with quite a few lawmakers. I was also asked to help in the presentation that was given in the Health and Human Services Committee meeting where this bill was brought up. This logical, reality-based bill was surprisingly pushed back by the leadership in the legislature. It was really disheartening to me and a bit confusing why they would not stand up for children. Well, my efforts didn't stop there. A protest was organized that would be held right outside the University of Utah's Children's Gender Clinic right here in Salt Lake City. I jumped on board as one who would be attending and I started to spread the word with others. Due to some health reasons, the protest leader was not able to make it and I was asked to step in and lead the protest. These were big shoes for me to fill, but I stepped forward. The protest was part of a larger protest that was going on across the nation in a number of cities. The largest of them was the one right here in Utah. It was covered by the news and spread across social media. I'm so grateful for all the people who came, and I'm very grateful for the hard work that was done behind the scenes by truly dedicated, hardworking, and caring individuals. There is still so much to do. We have a governor in the state of Utah who chooses not to protect children from these life-destroying procedures. We have lawmakers in the leadership of our legislature who also are just fine seeing young children lose healthy parts of their bodies. Some of these children eventually become sterile, and then, only a few years later, grow out of these transgender feelings. Yet now, they can't have their own children and have to live with other devastating physical changes. And this makes some feel so bad that they want to kill themselves. But the doctors that push them into these procedures have now abandoned them when the feelings of the gender dysphoria have gone. There are rapidly growing communities 
of these individuals across our nation and around the world. This brings me to the literary character of Candlewick. In the age-old tale of Pinocchio, we come across the character Candlewick. He becomes the best friend of Pinocchio. He refuses to go to the celebration where Pinocchio would be transformed into a real boy, but instead persuades Pinocchio to come with him to the land of toys. This is a place where the boys spend their days having fun and not having to face reality. They eventually wake up one day to find that they both have donkey ears, which initially they conceal with tall hats. They feel shame for what has happened to their ears, but later laugh at each other. This laughter soon turns into the sound of donkeys as their transition is complete and are now just a couple of donkeys. Pinocchio and Candlewick are separated, but later in the story, we actually run into Candlewick again. He is still a donkey and dying of exhaustion from the reality that now he has to live in. He does eventually die from the consequences of his disrespect of reality when he was with Pinocchio. We live in a time with so many advances in technology. Things that in the past were only fairy tales can seem like they can now be brought to pass. We are becoming experts in imagination. So much of our lives are spent in imaginary worlds like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, movies, video games, and the list go on and on. We go to these imaginary worlds to find our friends, entertainment, escape, and often in search of truth. Though it is marketed to us as our social networks, the reality is that we actually lose our social skills when they consume us. The artificial intelligent engine, stressing on the word artificial, when they create for us our own lands of toys or worlds that appeal to our own imaginations, it is, again, through artificial intelligence. We need to be aware of candlewicks that offer us friendship and promise and escape from the difficulties in our reality because reality, just like gravity, can't be avoided. No matter what your friend Candlewick says, if you step off a tall building, you will not fly. It is a real problem now when even trusted individuals like those in our medical profession are really acting like Candlewick's sidestepping the reality of some truths. And they change some innocent children into self-loathing disfigurations to later abandon them to the harsh reality and tragically to some death. Who are these innocent children? They are the children who are struggling with gender dysphoria. In the real world, 
The majority of them will grow out of these feelings by the time that they are adults. Science is not able to determine which child will or will not grow out of it. There are no blood tests, x-rays, CAT scans, nor psychological evaluations that will determine which child will grow out of the feelings that they have. But Candlewick says that reality is not important. He can take each child to the land of toys where all the children will be happy. Candlewick says that medical science has proven that the best thing to do is transition a child to the opposite sex. Oops, sorry, sex is biological and it's not possible to change the chromosomes of a boy to a girl or vice versa. Candlewick says, don't pay attention to reality. We can do it with drugs and surgeries and the use of your imagination. Now, let me stop here for a moment and say a few things about transgender medicine. It is not all a fairy tale. In adults that experience difficult cases of gender dysphoria, hormone treatment has been known to help, but it carries with it serious health concerns. The longer hormones are taken, the greater the possibility that there will be a severe health risk that comes about. But adults are able to view the situation with maturity and sound reason. Their gender dysphoria may be more permanent than that of a child. So for the discussion that I would like to talk about, I'm excluding adults that have gender dysphoria. Though I might say that it would not surprise me if the studies that many gender doctors quote as to the improved condition of their patients are studies done on adults. There are so few, if any, long-term studies that are done on children who undergo these experimental treatments. But we don't need studies to see the results. Thousands of young adults regret what was done to them as children. How many of us have read the story of Pinocchio and felt really saddened to see such an innocent boy persuaded and taken advantage of? This story has been told time and time again because of the teachings and warnings that it contains for children. But maybe it is time for us as adults to pay attention. Our society is filled with candlewicks everywhere. Those who would profess to be our friends and people we trust, people who go to our imaginary worlds and tell us words that we want to hear, their words entice us and our children away from reality. It is becoming difficult to know if someone is a candlewick or if they're a trusted person in reality. But there is a way for us to know. President Dallin H. Oaks stated recently in an April 2020 general conference the following. 
The Savior warned of such false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. He gave us this test to help us choose the truth from among different teachings that might confuse us. Ye shall know them by their fruits, he taught. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Therefore, we should look to the results, the fruits of principles that are taught and the persons who teach them. So what are the fruits that are being produced from the medical transitioning of children? For me, there are enough bad fruits or tragic outcomes that whatever good may be done is significantly outweighed by the bad. I care about transgender children, and I understand the pains of gender dysphoria. I want them to find help and a way forward in their lives. The current system denies the reality that the majority of children grow out of these feelings. We need medical science to first be able to identify which will and which will not grow out of their transgender feelings. Otherwise, we are playing Russian roulette with children and that is not trusted medical science. Let's stop these medical procedures until we can help the right children and not tragically hurt others. Now, I say this like it is something that can be done, but it is like asking a child what they want to be when they get older. What a child may say will the majority of times be wrong or will change. Why? Because when a child is young, there is so much that they need to learn and understand about the world. Medical science cannot predict what a child will think after they have matured into adults. So the real answer to treating children with gender dysphoria should be, we need to wait until adulthood to really understand where the child will be at. Any type of medical treatment could cause harm to any child who is not fully matured. Anyone who says anything else is asking for the nickname of Candlewick. Margaret S. Lifferth, in a conference address in October of 2006, said the following... of a fallen world. What does it take to help these children keep the light of faith in their eyes? We know that nothing can replace a righteous family in the life of a child. But in today's world, children will need not only a devoted mother and father, they will need each of us to protect, teach, and love them. So many times we may feel that a child with transgender issues is an issue for just the parents. But I can tell you that just about any parent that has a transgender child looks for help and support from others. 
This is an issue that takes more than just parents. But just as we have heard, these children will need each of us to protect them. Do we really care about these children? Do you care about these children? You understand that children need to mature before making decisions to remove healthy parts of their bodies, right? They need to be mature before making the decision to take drugs that have been used to chemically castrate adults. For those of us who care, we need to act. There will be additional demonstrations to protect the children in coming months across the United States. These are events where we can make a difference and speak up for the well-being of children. If you are interested in helping with these efforts, please email me at bob at faithengender.com and I can get you the information that you need. But everyone can do something, even if it is only talking with someone about it. There are candle wicks in our children's schools, on the social media that they watch, and all around. Our children need all of us to protect them. Thanks for listening today. I'll see you next time on Faith and Gender.